0: We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office equipment solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 chat. Let's go. Really down
1: the street. in Edmonton. Brendan Escott, Cam Moon, we're rocking out right now because John Deacon of Queen turns 71 years old today. 71 or 70? I'm going to have to double-check that. 70! He turned 70, which is just as ridiculous to try and wrap your mind around. Wow, More so for you, I'm sure, Ken. Yeah, oh my. (laughs) Without further ado, uh, we promised prospect talk. Let's get right to it with our headliner today, brought to you by uh, Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Again, you may have seen his work at one point on ESPN or CBS Sports. Now the host of Talking Hockey Sense, Chris Peters, joins us on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. Chris, you're on with Brendan and Cam. How's it going today? So good he's speechless? I guess. <laughs> Any luck over there, Cody? No. Check your board. All right. Ah. No, We're live. We're live over here. We're live over here. That's for darn sure. Chris, do we have you? Hmm. I'll try I'll to try put him through here. <laughs> oh. Alright, alright. Cody's going to work on this. Uh, but we're talking about... NHL prospects. We talked about Owen Power returning to Michigan. We know Maddie Baneers is returning to Michigan. We know that the Edmonton Oil Kings, who had two players go in the top uh, 15 picks of the draft, those players are coming back as well. So it, it might be one of those years. And I think because a lot was in flux over the last year with COVID, where maybe prospects are a little more, um, you know, lenient, I guess, or, or willing to settle in just settle yeah. in overall i think and maybe stick with that familiarity like we're seeing power do we'll see gunther back in town here we'll see cosa uh do we have chris peters on the line now i'm here guys if you can hear me there guys, he is. Chris, we've got <laughs> I you i could hear you before <laughs> uh, strange we could not hear you so yeah you're on uh with brendan here and cam moon as well who i understand you've crossed paths with before and excited oh, to yeah. talk uh excited to talk some hockey today chris how you doing where you Where are you connecting from
0: I am I am currently at my house, which is in eastern Iowa. Um, so I'm just chilling right now. Uh, but very very warm, very sweaty kind of weather, which is uh, which is you know just the right kind of weather
1: to talk prospects. So I'm down. Iowa on the on the forefront of the sporting world with the Field of Dreams game. I don't know if you're a baseball <laughs> guy, uh, Chris, but that, the spotlight on Iowa, and I don't know that it often is. Yeah, not
0: not only am I a baseball fan, I'm a Chicago White Sox fan. So oh, that was a great night for me. Uh yeah, I grew up in Chicago and on the southwest side. So I'm actually wearing my White Sox hat right now, but yeah, it's uh it it was amazing to watch and that was that was super cool. I mean, I I you know, I've lived in the state for for many years now, but uh, to, to kind of see that, I've, I've been to the Field of Dreams once, and it, you know it's like kind of that rite of passage. If you if you are going to come through Iowa, you probably have to stop there. And I think even more people are going to want to stop now after seeing what 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 happened the other night.
2: Chris, that might have been one of the best television show openings I've ever witnessed. <laughs> Wasn't that something?
0: <laughs> oh, it was amazing. Yeah, I, I, like like when the players came out of the corn, I was like, okay, this is. This is way cooler than it has any right to be and I am totally loving it as my as my dog freaks out. She she liked it too. Yeah. Uh, uh yeah, but but yeah, but that was uh yeah, I was certainly in a an incredible experience just as a sports fan and as somebody that obviously loves what's uh, what's happening in the state here It was cool to see. Uh the state takes center stage a bit
1: well uh center stage in the hockey world today is the news that owen power is officially going to return to michigan i think this is something that we could definitely have forecasted now it becomes true uh what kinds of things do you think factored into that decision for power and is this the right move for a guy who looked like he could could well take the next step based on his performance uh, at the world championship
0: yeah I mean I think there are, are very many factors uh, you know not the least of which is kind of where Buffalo is right now and what you know what kind of environment he would be coming into I, I think that he's the kind of player that could have handled it you know he's, he's he's definitely uh very even-keeled player very confident in his own abilities very self-aware as well just kind of you know what he needs to do and 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 focusing in on, on himself but I think that he has he, you know, said himself that he wanted to try and have a, a more normal collegiate experience. They were all kind of in quarantine for many stages of last uh, last week, uh, or last year, rather. Um, and so, you know, it wasn't like even a normal school year. They didn't have any fans in the building, and, and Yosai Serena is one of the, the great cathedrals of hockey in, in the United States and you know to have that place empty is, is not the same as, as what it would normally be so I think that, that was part of it as well but the main thing is, is I think really you look at the the way that players have kind of come into the league the last couple of years we've seen some of the young forwards that have struggled out the gates but as we've seen the rookies that have come in after two years of college like Adam Fox or who had three years or Kale McCarr or Quinn Hughes you see a, a pattern of of readiness for those players to enter the league and be able to be go-to players immediately and I think that you know for for Owen Power in particular the opportunity to you know basically be a dominant player at the college level which he was not last year He was very good but he wasn't a dominant player he wasn't one of the best defensemen in the country last year I think he, he was up there but he you know there were there were players that had more experience and so now he has that chance and not only that I mean, Michigan's going to be a national title contender. They had four of the first five picks in the draft that, that were you know, picked this year, our Michigan Wolverines, uh, multiple other first-rounders from the last two drafts, plus Johnny Beecher was a first-rounder three years ago. So, I mean, they've, they've got a, a, an incredible team and a real opportunity to win a national championship. And I think that ultimately kind of puts it over the edge to, to stay, at, stay in school.
2: Chris, uh, nobody ever, we were saying earlier, nobody ever says uh, a prospect stayed in in college or junior too long. Nobody ever says that. Yeah. And the fact that he's going to get another year where he becomes more of a uh, real go-to guy, there's no doubt in my mind, it's not going to hurt. Do you think there's a strong possibility though, that when the season's over, he could sign in Buffalo and, and I guess, ultimately wind up in the NHL before this season's over?
0: Possible, but if if Michigan goes on a run and, and does make it to the Frozen Four, I think that butts up right against the end of the season. So I don't think Buffalo is going to make the playoffs this year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to go out on a limb there. Uh, but you know, it, it, so I you know I think that it, it's more than likely that it, it, he probably wouldn't end up getting in any games. Which at, at that point, well then you just you know you're. you're you're saving another year on the entry-level contract, you know, so that's that's good for the, the Sabres from a business perspective as well. Though I don't think they're going to have too many salary cap issues for a little bit here. So, um, yeah, but that that's it's certainly a possibility. If they get bounced early, I'm sure that they will immediately sign them and get them into games.
1: Chatting with the host of Talking Hockey Sense, Chris Peters right now, and let's take a peek at the Oilers system. Delve a little bit deeper beyond uh, just this year's draft, but we'll start with Xavier Borgo, It was a player that wasn't necessarily discussed a ton in the marketplace i think that the eyes were more fixated on what happens if sebastian Kosa is available to this team but they end up taking a forward rounding out some depth and i I don't really know necessarily what to make of this player's playing style and how it might fit in with edmonton so i'd like to get your thoughts
0: really crafty creative player good good skill I mean obviously the production speaks for itself for what he did at at the QMJHL the last couple of seasons and um, you know he's he's not always the most exciting player to watch you know I've watched him a lot this year and I but he just he's so effective and he's efficient and he and and he's got that you know cleverness to his game so I think that that helps him a lot Um, you know he's not necessarily the kind that, that jumps out at you as a, as a top-line player. You know, I think he's probably more of a middle six forward. You know, will he be a center ultimately at the NHL level? It's harder to say, um, but, you know, he's got an opportunity to, to do that just because I think his hockey sense is really one of the top, you know, the top traits of his game. Um, you know, just it needs to become a little bit more consistent game-to-game, game, make sure that that compete level stays high. Um, but other, other than that, I mean, I think that he – he has a lot of tools, and and he was certainly a first round grade for me. You know, I, I was a little surprised to see Edmonton trade out of a position where they would have been able to get one of the top two goaltenders in the in the draft, and, and I think that they. You know not this is not Xavier Borgo's fault but I think there's a significant drop-off from him to what was available in terms of yes for Wallstead but if you were really keen on Sebastian Cosa as many teams were not just the Detroit Red Wings who did make him the first goalie picked in the draft you know then then maybe you're like okay well this is the guy for us and if he's not there then, then we, we we make a change so I, I'm a huge walstatt fan so that that's that colors my feelings on the pick a little bit but I still think that Xavier Borgo, a quality player that's going to give you good NHL minutes in in a variety of different roles.
2: Chris, do you think he's got a decent shot at making the Canadian National Junior Team?
0: really difficult this year i mean and this is you know he's a late birthday so it's his last chance you know he's got he's got to make it this year or there won't be an opportunity for him um i i would say you know it's just it's going to depend on who ends up making nhl rosters uh what the situation is but but certainly he's in that mix um and, and the, the crazy thing is is that you know canada has a lot of guys that haven't been drafted yet or, or and multiple guys that haven't been drafted yet that Are going to make a make a statement and make a case for themselves to be on the roster so it makes it even tougher to make the team in that regard so I think he's probably on the bubble more that more than not but uh, I think he's in the mix for sure
1: what can you tell us about Luca Munzenberger the Oilers third round pick German defenseman uh, from this year's draft
0: yeah you know he's an interesting player he's got some size to him he's got uh, he, he played really well at the World Juniors I think that that's probably where a lot of teams started to put him on their radar. Um, he's, you know, he's not real flashy. He's not going to give you a ton of points. I think he's, you know, much more of a defensive-minded guy. I think he's kind of a, you know, he's kind of a tweener for me. I'm not necessarily 100% positive he's going to be an NHL defenseman. I think that there's, there's certainly some upside there. But, you know, in this draft, we talked about a lot about how it wasn't the strongest draft. And there's a lot of varying opinions about players. Um, and so he's one of those guys where, you know, he wasn't really on my list per se um, to to be a guy that would be picked in the first three rounds. But that doesn't mean that he's not a good prospect. I think there's a lot to like about his game. And just the fact that, you know, you look at what what Germany had to do at the world juniors this year and playing through guys missing because they were sick and, and were tested positive for COVID. And I mean, they had one of the toughest roads and they still managed to make the medal round so you know i think that was a pretty impressive thing and when you have a guy that's been in that experience and 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 played a pretty significant role towards that towards that goal um it's such a feather in his cap and it gives you some flexibility in terms of where you think you can put him in the next phase of his career so um he's a guy i'll be keeping an eye on certainly Uh, i think that there's going to be some some uh you know growth and in time he's probably a guy that has a much longer timeline to make it to the nhl but but interesting nonetheless
2: you were talking earlier about uh, some players that'll play with team Canada that haven't been drafted yet, or at least have a very good shot at it. Uh, Shane Wright would be one of those guys. Uh, Kingston Frontenac who played at the U 18s of which you were at, you were able to see him play. What did you see there from him?
0: Uh, I saw a player that was (laughs) a lot better than most of the other players there at a, a, despite being an underager and, The other thing that we learned after the tournament, because he did miss a couple of games, we knew that he was banged up, but he, I mean, he had a, a fracture. He had, he was battling illness that wasn't COVID related. Um, so, you know, he, he was playing at maybe 75, 80%, and that 75, 80% was still, for you know, he was my choice for MVP. He didn't win the MVP of the tournament. Matt Mitchkov did, but, but he was my choice because I thought that when he was on the ice, Canada, as good as they were, were probably twice as good with him on the ice. I mean, it was just a, a remarkable thing. So he's a really smart center, very complete game, had one of the best 15-year-old seasons in the history of the OHL. Um, unfortunately, you know, that season gets cut short and doesn't get all the games played that he possibly could have to, you know, make a run. But you know, really only John Tavares was the guy who who had just like the most ridiculous 16 or 15 year old season that you can imagine in the OHL. Um, you know, that's that's the only guy that he, he really didn't top cuz even Connor McDavid on a points per game basis didn't have as many points per game as Shane Wright did in his 15-year-old season. So I mean, it's just he, he's a remarkable player. I don't think that he's on Connor's level, but I do think that we're talking about a guy, you know, if we're looking at these drafts, so you know, you had a Guys like Jack Hughes and Alexi Leprenier, I think it's pretty safe to say that he is at this point. Um, and it'll be interesting to see you kind know, of where he goes this year after not playing at all. So he played in that under 18 worlds without a season, you know, so he didn't have a build-up to it and, and was so good. So I, I don't think there's going to be anybody that seriously challenges him for number one this year. Uh, but he's he's certainly going to be a guy that, that everybody's going to know about by the time this year's over.
1: I think they're calling it pain for Shane this season. <laughs> it's the there you uh, We're chatting with Chris Peters right now, who's a hockey prospect analyst, and Dylan Gunther was somebody whose draft stock may have suffered somewhat from his performance at the U18s in Dallas, Chris, and that's not necessarily a fault of his own so much as he was playing with really really good guys who outshined him <laughs> somewhat. So Arizona may end up with a steal. At at number nine overall is we saw him mocked as high as third and uh, Mason McTavish ends up going there to the Ducks. But as far as Dylan Gunther he'll be coming back to the Edmonton Oil Kings program. We know uh, really about his shot. How do you think this play far, player profiles you know, in the next couple of years of his career and, and is he an NHLer in your mind?
0: Oh yeah, he's definitely an NHL player. I thought he was one of the most uh, dynamic players of the last draft class. This was a, a year that you were looking for dynamic talent. You were looking for skill. You were looking for consistency. You were looking for, uh, you know, guys that can skate because this was a, a weaker skating draft. But I think he has a lot of those tools that. Some other players did not, and so you know, he was a guy I had in my top five. I thought it was, you know, even after the World Under 18s, the thing that I think the concern is for me that I think will become less of a concern as he goes back to Edmonton and gets to be this guy is that he wasn't necessarily the play-driving player for on any line that he played on, whether it was in Edmonton or was whether it was with Team Canada because he was playing with Shane Wright. With Team Canada, and it was a lot of deferral to Shane Wright, which is what you should do if you're a, a smart player. You know, you give it to the best guy on the ice, and and so you know we saw him when he was playing with Jake Neighbours and, and and other more older players. Those are guys that had a better idea, but he still had two points per game. In the amount of time that he spent in the whl so i really think that that's going to become his role now as guys like neighbors and others move on and that you know it's time for him to kind of take out and and be the guy that's carrying the puck into the zone most of the time to so be the guy that has as many touches he's a tremendous finisher i think he can be a play driver i think his passing is, is as good as his shooting i think he's got great vision and good decision making skills so there's a lot to like about him, and I think if you're, you know, if you're in Edmonton, get get, get out and see the kid because he's a he is a real interesting talent. I think he's going to dominate in the WHL
2: next season. Oil Kings are going to have a great team too, uh, Chris. Further to that, uh, Sebastian Cosa, I was able to see him, I think, seven times last year, and he was. Dominant. Granted, they were only playing against Alberta teams, and and three of the teams yeah. weren't, you know, quite on the same level as the Oil Kings. How close do you think he is to being an NHL goaltender right now?
0: You know, I think that we've had to re- reestablish our idea of what the appropriate timeline is for goalies, and we saw it with Carter Hart. We saw it with um, with. Uh, Spencer Knight just last season. Um, you know, seeing other guys that have come in and it's like, you don't have to wait till he's 24 or 25 to be a, an NHL starter anymore. You only have to wait till he's 20. You know, in some cases, I think that he's a guy though, it, for me, at least I think, and I, and especially with him landing with Detroit, they are certainly not going to rush him. I mean, more Sider was ready to play in the NHL last season. They let him play in Sweden instead. Um, and, and they're going to let guys, over marinate, which is really the philosophy of that organization going back in time. So, you know, I think that he is the kind of guy, however, very similar to a Carter Hart, where, you know, you play out your junior eligibility, you get your you know, or at least next season, and then you get an opportunity to see if you can make the team and and if you don't, you know, once you're done with your junior eligibility, you go to the AHL, you get maybe A season half a season in and by then you may move up now you have to wonder exactly what you know was carter hart on too fast of a track and you because he's kind of fell back to earth last year but i think most of us believe that he'll bounce back so you know i think that's the other thing you have to consider is you know get him there when he's ready make sure that he's is at a level that he needs to be at the thing about Cosa. mean he is a fascinating prospect he's one of the most interesting goalie prospects i've i've tracked over the years because of his size but because he's really just remarkably quick in that and 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 i think last year he showed much more polish more poise um and, and didn't you know he wasn't swimming in his crease really a whole lot it was much more control um so i i do think that he has he's he's on a faster track than most goalies will but i still think that you know, it'll be hard for the, uh, for the Red Wings to rush him too much and get him to play, you know, play out his junior eligibility and then get him a chance to go to Grand Rapids for a while and, and maybe get better. Um, that could help them a lot. But, I mean, he's, he is really unique. Uh, I, I like him and Walstead very similar. They're very close together on my board. Um, and, and I can't wait to see kind of where he goes next because he's a fascinating player.
1: Chris this was a lot of fun I didn't even get to all the players that I wanted to (laughs) I'd love to have you back on the show again man thank you so much for your insight and where do people find your work these days
0: yeah. So, uh, in addition to the podcast, I, I've got my own Substack site called uh, Hockey Sense with Chris Peters. So it's Hockey Sense Substack dot com, and that's where all of my prospect writing and work is for now. Um, yeah, I've been independent before, and I'm independent again. So uh, it's been a lot of fun to do it, and yeah, lot, lots on. Uh, lots to come in terms in terms of you know prospects that are already drafted. We'll do that. Ranking, system rankings, all those things are coming soon this summer or in September, so uh, a lot to come there. And I, I appreciate the opportunity. It's great to be with you, and, and Cam, it's been uh, too long. Hopefully we'll, I'll be able to cross the border again sometime and, uh, and see
1: you. Maybe at the World Juniors. Well, let's hope. Let's, let's hope. hope. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Chris. Thanks, guys. All right. Uh, Some guests of Oilers now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. Brendan Escott, Cam Moon, 1254 in Edmonton. Back in a moment. 1256 in Edmonton. You just heard from Chris Peters. We all deserve a holiday after the year we've had, don't you think? New West Travel has a uh, special VIP trip to Vancouver. You can take a loved one and join New West Travel on a three-night getaway to spectacular Vancouver, B.C. New West Travel's package includes airfare and a private WestJet charter with complimentary open bar and meals departing from private terminals. Three nights in a deluxe four-star hotel, all for just $699. Visit Stanley Park, stroll the beaches, shop or dine in the beautiful waterfront front city you need a holiday this September but space is limited so call new west travel or go online to new dot com interesting stuff on Borgo I wonder whether or not he will end up on that Canadian world junior team I mean I, I don't know if I was just jaded growing up by the the five in a row but that's sort of you know it, it, it means a little something extra when the player is represented Canada F- yeah world I, Juniors.
2: and in my Experience over the years, when I see players come back to their club teams after their World Junior experience with Team Canada, they're always better. It always helps their development. And part of it is being with the best of the best. It, part of it is the 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 skill level, the competition level, and part of it is everybody pushing everything to the middle for the the good of the team. You know, a short-term tournament, got to be your best, all those sorts of things that Team Canada does a really good job of promoting and educating the players that way. So every time guys go there they come back better so i hope he makes the team for the sake of that for the sake of his development
1: and yet another prospect to line the shelving that is getting more and more thick more and more yeah you know it's 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 a better system down in bakersfield now than it ever was in cape breton than it than it you know it's just seeming to be a place where the team is confident that they can develop their own prospects and by putting maybe a longer term tag on somebody like a Borgo instead of reaching up to grab a goaltender who maybe you are less familiar with or whatever the case may have been but it's a different looking in the system as you will than it has been in a long time for Edmonton and that is meant with all uh, you know it, the right reasons yeah it's trending in the right direction uh we're gonna hear from a member of the goaltending depth of this franchise coming up after this one o'clock news break here that is alex staylock we didn't see him last year though he was uh practicing with the team what's going on with the beauty league out in minnesota we'll uh we'll definitely find out a lot more about that after eileen brings you a global news weather traffic update